Hello everyone, this is Richa Jha and you're listening to Sita, The Power of Mind. Disordered eating. Disordered eating is used to describe a range of irregular eating behaviors that may or may not warrant a diagnosis of a specific eating disorder. Simply put, disordered eating is the extent to which you move away from listening to what your body is telling you to eat, to nourish and care for yourself, both physically and emotionally. Disordered eating can also represent a range of eating patterns caused by the other mental disorders. It can be a negative impact on a person's life and has has been linked to a reduced ability to cope up with stress situations. Many people who suffer from disordered eating patterns either minimize or do not fully realize the impact it has on their mental and physical health. This lack of understanding may unnecessarily exacerbate the harm of disordered eating. Exacerbate the harm of disordered eating. Disordered eating may be difficult to detect since a person with disordered eating patterns may not display all of the classic symptoms typically identified with eating disorders. It sits on a spectrum between normal eating and an eating disorder and may include symptoms and behaviors of eating disorders but at a lesser frequency or lower level of severity to tell us more about disordered eating we have miss stavi who was born and brought up in athens greece she has studied for six years in the uk at the university of kent she was she has done bsc in clinical psychology my she has done uh, msc on con- cognitive neuroscience and neuropsychology she also has done specialization on eating disorders and obesity at keed now she is working at attico university hospital C- clinic looking after patients that ha- that are hospitalized with severe cases of anorexia hello stevi hi Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'll be asking you a few questions uh, which will help the listeners know more about disordered eating. Okay, okay. I'm listening. The first question um, is uh, mm-hmm. what is disordered eating could you give us a brief about it So as you said disordered eating is the grains of irregular eating behaviors that cannot really fall in the criteria of um that don't really fall under a criteria of a diagnosis of an ED of an eating disorder And to be more specific about it, um, there was a difference. We use, uh, psychologists use uh, DSMs that are books that have criteria. And the difference from DSM-4 to DSM-5 was to change eating disorders to FED, which stands for feeding and eating disorders, so that they could include disordered eating. Um, With this change, the number of disorders increased to eight. And I'll name a few so that the audience 
can know more about this. We have uh, pika, which is uh, the desire to eat substances other than food, for example, clay. And it may coexist with uh, having an active anxiety disorder or depression. And it also goes along with anorexia and bulimia. We have a rumination disorder, which is a disorder that affects mostly infants. And it is uh, undigested food that comes back up from the stomach. And it is either retooled, resallowed or spit out. Um, there is avoidant or restrictive food intake disorder, uh, which is restricting food by volume and variety, exposing themselves to a very small repertoire of foods. Uh, however, this one has the difference, like it doesn't fall under the category of an eating disorder, as we said. It's just disordered eating because there is no weight concern or no disordered body image. It's just an intense psychological, mental preoccupation of that thought that young adults might choke on their food. Um, there is then anorexia nevrosa, which is both a disordered eating and an eating disorder. It's characterized by disordered self-image, obsessive fear of gaining weight, and maintaining an unhealthy body weight. There's bulimia which again is the obsessive desire to lose weight. However, there is an extreme overeating and then fasting and self-induced vomiting and purging. And then there is binge eating disorder, which before the change of the two DSMs, it was also a disordered eating and not an eating disorder because uh, it is characterized by frequent and recurrent binge eating episodes that are associated with a negative psychological and social problem. So that's about it on okay. that question. So how serious is this? I mean, how can it affect a person? I mean, how bad can it affect a person? Well, <laughs> eating disorders and disorder eating can, do, can both do a lot of damage on your health, mentally and biologically. People with eating disorders often don't get the nutrients that their bodies need to stay healthy and work properly. For example, uh, there is also people that have a very disordered, disordered and disorganized way of eating behaviors and patterns. They're at higher risk of heart or kidney failure and leading to death if they're not treated if yeah and to speak more with numbers five to ten percent of individuals with an eating disorder or a disordered eating pattern that develops in an eating disorder such as anorexia that within the 10 years after being diagnosed and 18 to 20 percent of the individual uh, will die within the next 20 years of being diagnosed the mortality rate associated with eating disorders is 12 times higher than the death rate of all causes of death in females of ages 15 to 24. And without treatment, uh, around 20% of the individuals with severe eating disorder will die. And with treatment, the mortality rate drastically falls to 2 and 3%. So, people reaching out to their psychologist or to a clinic, clinician 
to get a diagnosis if they feel like they have a disordered eating pattern can literally save their lives. And those statistics are grim and reveal that professional eating disorder treatment and disorder eating treatment is necessary regardless regardless of the individual's severity of the symptoms. That usually arises from complications associated with disordered eating patterns, like cardiac irregularities, bone loss, gastrointestinal disturbances, electrolyte and fluid imbalances, as well as suicide due to comorbid uh, disorders such as depression or anorexia. Uh, no, anorexia, sorry, anxiety. Yeah, so the next question is, uh, how common is this disorder? Well, uh, irregularities with food that develop into disorders are one of the most common issues experienced by people all over the world, but often the least talked about because it's something so personal. It happens in our own homes, on top of our own plates. So many people don't get the diagnosis needed for that. There is an estimated in the States that 30 million people are currently in the borders of an eating disorder and have disordered eating patterns. And it is also one of the most common illnesses among teenagers. Young adults and teenagers are the most likely to develop and suffer from disorder eating patterns. In fact, um, illnesses that can develop from this, such as anorexia, are the third most common among teenagers. And anywhere from 1% to 5% of all females of, at the ages of 15 to 22, so young adults, will unfortunately develop some sort of eating disorder um, with an average onset age of, at the age of 17. And this can be associated to cultural or societal pressures and it is often associated with fitting in social media and low self-esteem. Okay. And uh, around uh, women, more, women are almost 10 times more likely than men to be affected by eating disorder. Why is it so? Uh, well, as I said before, there is a lot of societal, cultural pressures going on, social media as well. And in the vulnerable ages of um, the teen years and the young adult years uh, where girls and young women are very occupied with their emails. Um, they often try to control that image with eating patterns. So eating disorders do um, affect all genders, but not equally. As you said, women are 10 times more likely and while gender is not always the factor, research has shown that women and young girls are much more likely to develop an eating disorder than their male counterparts. Uh, almost 10% of all women in the country will suffer from anorexia, for example, at some point in their life. The odds of males developing anorexia, on the other hand, is a third of that. And with only 10% of all anorexia sufferers are male. So we can see that eating disorders are either much less diagnosed in men or 
they're just way higher on women because of all the pressure there is on the female side. And as I said before, culture and society has always been putting a lot of pressure on women to achieve a golden ratio of a beauty standard and an ideal that is unattainable. Uh, so social media affects individuals uh, negatively in that way nowadays. So uh, it pushes them to engage in life-threatening beauty trends due to social compliance and acceptance in society. And this affects their self the self-esteem of the individuals with regards to their body image, body modification, and how they view themselves in the society. And in order to be accepted in a society, females have to battle body image issues from a very young age, where thin is considered to be the ideal body type. So women are more vulnerable in this whole thing, in my opinion. And yes. Okay, so um, how does a person get to know if he or she has this disorder? Well, as I said before, there uh, there is the DSM-5 now, the newest edition, and there are symptoms that a person can see as signs that they might have some disordered eating pattern. So there are a few, but they're not limited to only these. For example, the fear of gaining weight and constantly checking your weight feeling of guilt after eating, feeling and being worried or depressed about your weight or body shape, intense exercising or dieting, or using any substance to lose weight, having a poor perception of your body or weight, comparing yourself to others, isolating, depression, or difficulties in fulfilling responsibilities, Having an abnormal or absence of a menstrual cycle in female is also a very big sign. Um, another symptom is frequent dieting, anxiety associated with specific foods or meal skipping, uh, chronic weight fluctuations, strict rituals and routines surrounding food and exercising, preoccupation with food, weight, body image, and negatively impacting your the quality of your life so stopping your everyday life and yes a feeling of loss of control around food indulging in compulsive eating compulsive eating habits and using exercise food restriction fasting or purging to make up for the bad foods in quotation marks of course so Yes, these are some of the f symptoms, but these are not the only ones. However, there are some very big red flags that people can look up for. Okay, and uh, is disordered eating and eating disorder the same? Um, the most significant difference between an eating disorder and disordered eating is whether or not a person's symptoms and experiences align with the criteria defined by the DSM. The term disordered eating is a descriptive phrase, not a diagnosis. Uh, therefore, while many people who have disordered eating patterns may fit the criteria of um, some sort of eating disorder, it is also possible to have disordered eating patterns that do not fit in within the current confines of an eating disorder diagnosis. 
Uh, still eating concerns falling short of a diagnosis deserve attention and treatment as they may turn into some more problematic eating disorder and put an individual at the risk of a serious health problem. So they're not the same thing because you might not get the diagnosis for it, but that doesn't mean that it's not um, important to take you to a clinician or a therapist. Oh, okay. And um, is there a cure to this? Uh, how reliable is this cure if there is any? Well, there is intervention and treatment. Uh, one of the main problems with um, eating disorders and disordered eating is that many individuals struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating patterns don't come forward for a diagnosis because they feel shame, denial or confusions as to what their symptoms are. And... Unfortunately, one in 10 individuals will seek that professional treatment. Um, the treatment is, uh, so it's important to seek for that treatment as early as possible because early intervention and treatment can lead to healthier lives and go back to normal behaviors. Um, the treatment, the typical treatment includes, includes a patient by patient basis and so it's designed on each person specifically. However, an, over, an overview of it is identifying an underlying issues such as depression, anxiety that might coexist with a disordered eating pattern, as well as addressing the purpose of and the goal of the person's eating behaviors. And trained professionals uh, such as psychologists, clinical psychologists, or even psychiatrists in worst cases, can psychoanalyze and help the person learn new skills to redirect those behaviors. And they can teach you how to effectively cope with your problems and feelings. And these treatments can be provided within residential settings as well as outpatient therapies and programs. Registered dietitians and nutritionists are also vital to the detection and treatment of a disordered eating. And yes, uh, counseling with both psychologists and trained dietitians on disordered eating can be vital to the treatment and therapy of those. Okay. Thank you so much, Stevie, for coming here and joining us and giving such valuable information to the listeners. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. And I really hope I answered your questions and I helped at least one of those listeners if there was something that they needed to hear. I really hope it was there. Yes, of course, there will be people who will be listening to you. There will be people who will val who will actually value your words and listen to their body. Thank you so much. Thank you as well for having me. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.